Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello and welcome to today's show of AB Cinema. I want to apologize. I was going to post a an episode yesterday, but I wasn't feeling too great. And so here in today's episode on Saturday, October 15th, I will be ranking the Disney Plus Marvel shows. And I wasn't going to include Marvel's Werewolf by Night because that was a special, but then I started to think about it more. It's exclusive to Disney Plus, and I feel like I should add that to it. Um, I, yeah. It's, it's a special, it's probably going to be a new format for Disney Plus, and so I feel like I should include those, that one as well. So let me just start off with my number one. Actually, I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. My least favorite Marvel show is What If, and the reason for that is because I wish they made it more clear beforehand that this wasn't really going to connect to the wider MCU. Because at the time, we knew that Spider-Man No Way Home and... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness were both going to cover the multiverse, and there were so many rumors surrounding Doctor Strange 2 specifically that we were going to be seeing characters from What If show up. And we did, in a way, with Captain Carter showing up, and then there was also the the um, Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Strange, the... I can't remember what they called him in the show, but... Um, yeah, there there was that theory when the trailer came out, and it ended up not being the same Doctor Strange, and so it, it was just kind of disappointing to see the lack of interconnectivity between the two. I get what What If is, but when you're leaning into the multiverse, there's so much to do. There's there there it just feels like there were many missed opportunities with this show. And then I do feel like there were some really good storylines with it, but honestly, it was hit or miss. There were only like two or three storylines that I really enjoyed, and that was like the the zombies, the Doctor Strange storyline, and then the Ultron, the Ultron Supreme storyline. And that is my least favorite of the Marvel shows. The next one is Moon Knight. For me... This show had a really good first half of setting up the character of Moon Knight and getting us introduced to all of the different personalities that Mark had. But after the Insane Asylum episode, I felt like it just got boring and generic. It was it didn't feel like a show about Moon Knight. It was a Mark Spector show dealing with the consequences of having Moon Knight. And so honestly, it should have just been called Mark Spector a Moon Knight story. That's just it wasn't a Moon Knight show. It was Mark Spector. And that's my biggest gripe with this. Oscar Isaac gave a great performance. Ethan Hawke gave a great performance. I love both of them. I think that they delivered some really great performances. Not in the best of their careers, but I do think that they delivered really great performances for what they were given with the script. 
that is my eighth spot for Moon Knight uh, in the Marvel Disney Plus ranking. Hawkeye. Hawkeye was is my number seven spot, and this show is just weird to me. It was said to be a Christmas show. It didn't feel like a Christmas show. And the only reason it did was just because it was taking place in New York during Christmas time, so we saw like the Christmas tree and people ice skating, which was fun, but it didn't feel like a classic Christmas show. Um, I was expecting it to feel like like I want to watch this every Christmas and that I don't ever want to watch it again. I'm still trying to get through all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows one one more time just to get a firm ranking going, but this is so far my my thoughts are just it, it was disappointing because what they said it was going to be didn't turn out to be what it was. So that's just it. The introduction to Kate was awesome. I really liked um Kate Bishop coming into the MCU. Haley Steinfeld did a great job at that. And I love the dynamic between her and Yelena Belova when she popped up into the show as well. I think the show could have been better if the villain reveal happened earlier in the show, like halfway and then we get some exposition and character growth because it didn't feel like there was any connection between the villain and the heroes. It just felt really dumb. That's all. And I, I just I think that there there were some missed opportunities with that, especially with a character as big as Kingpin showing up. And spoiler alert if you haven't seen Hawkeye yet, but it's been almost a year, so yeah. I do think that Marvel as a whole, with their Disney Plus shows, really struggles with their villains. They've gotten it down in the movies. It took them a while, but they got it down in the movies. And this is what I'm going to... I'll save my villain spiel for the very end of this. But I do think that it was a missed opportunity introducing Kingpin a couple episodes earlier and giving him some backstory. Because this is a new version of Kingpin. We haven't seen him in his Hawaiian shirts or with an eye patch. And so I'd be really interested to see more of who this kingpin is rather than just assuming that it's the same kingpin that we got in the in the marvel netflix daredevil show and it's definitely not as you can tell but i just wish we got a little bit more of a story for him and then that is my number seven spot number six is the falcon and the winter soldier i love the john walker storyline with him and his um side character i think his name was battlestar and i love that whole storyline and what he was dealing with that with that and the super soldier serum and i loved all of that and i liked the winter soldier storyline it felt very emotional and i think it helped um sebastian stan to deliver a performance that was adding a lot of character depth to Bucky and I, I felt like his storyline was really good in this one the Falcon for the first episode was awesome and then after that everything that was written for him felt a little too forced and some spot in some spots of the show like he had his moments where he he had his time to shine but it felt like they wanted him to just be stoic and just always thinking about Steve and what would Steve do in this situation instead of I'm not Steve, and I'm, I'm, I'm 
the Falcon and this is what I stand for and this is what I'm going to fight for. Instead, it just felt like he was just a justice warrior rather than a superhero that's willing to fight for what's right, like Steve. And so that, that was my biggest gripe. And I know that the whole show is him coming to terms with that, with him saying that he's not Steve and he's never going to be Steve, but he he still has his own political views, his own insights, and his own um, a meaning for life. And I, I feel like instead of trying to fight for what's right, it would have been fun to see the Falcon in some pretty good action scenes. And we didn't really get that. We we got him fighting super soldiers. And I'm, I'm tired of the super soldier storyline stuff. It's, it's like Jen said in the finale of She-Hulk. Like the super soldier serum is getting old. And I agree with that. It really is. And we don't need any more of it. But I'm, I'm curious to see how it will be for Sam Wilson going forward without a super soldier serum. Like, how is he going to fight the leader in Captain America New World Order? It's honestly, that's pretty exciting for, for him, though, because he's, he's getting a movie. This is the first Disney Plus character to be getting his own movie. And I, I wouldn't say he's straight a Disney Plus character, but yeah, you guys get what I'm meaning by this. That is my number six spot. Number five is WandaVision, and I would have ranked this higher, but like with almost every single Marvel show, it was great up until the very last episode. And honestly, these top five were really hard for me to come to a conclusion of, and I know one of them will be very controversial just because of the stuff that happens in the finale, But, um, and I have my reasons for it. I do think that it had a great season up until the very last episode. The CGI battle was really weak, and it just felt um, fake, like really fake. It didn't feel like it belonged in the show. And it just felt like they were having a CGI battle just to have a CGI battle. It didn't feel necessary. Like, I would have enjoyed a much more personal battle within, like, Agatha's little dungeon that she had i thought that would have been a lot more fun than what we got with them floating in the sky and her controlling the people of of westfield west i think it's westfield and i i think that the agatha reveal fell too short and i think the reason for that is the mephisto rumors that came from new rock stars um and I don't want to bl put all the blame on them because almost every single YouTuber and fan was saying that Mephisto was going to show up in the end. There were rumors that Mephisto was going to show up. And even, I think the the writers came out and said that they were going to do Mephisto at one point or that Ra Ralph Boner was going to be uh, a demon at some point. And so it would have made perfect sense for Ralph Boner to to be Mephisto. I hope we actually see him again because I felt like that storyline was really weird and random and didn't really have a good conclusion. And we still don't know the person that um, Jimmy Woo's uh, character was working with the identity crisis stuff. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Anyway, it left some interesting questions with the finale. I love Tiona Paris as um, the newer version of Captain Marvel. Um, I can't remember her name, 
but I'm excited to see her in the Marvels and to see that dynamic with Carol Danvers. And I, I just, yeah, my biggest gripe was the Agatha reveal felt too short. And really great first season, really great philosophical questions with Vision and the, the conversation between um, Westfield, Westfield, Westview? I, I cannot remember. The, the fake Vision versus the white Vision was really interesting and I really enjoyed that whole com- those conversations between them the flashback episode with Wanda revealing that she's a mutant essentially was really cool as well and I'm really excited I hope that Wanda's not completely gone because I think that she could be really interesting with the mutants um, and then yeah that's that's my fifth spot for WandaVision now on to probably the most controversial of my list is She-Hulk Attorney at Law. The biggest reason I love this show is because it broke the finale trope for Marvel shows where the big bad is revealed and the big CGI battle happens. And it, it stayed in character with who She-Hulk was. And what I mean by that is She-Hulk Attorney at Law is a lawyer comedy show. And the finale delivered us a court an unconventional courtroom battle between Jennifer Walters and Kevin. And it, it was, I, I think that it's more in tune with the character of She-Hulk, attorney at law. Now, if She-Hulk were to show up in Captain America New World Order, like we've been hearing rumors of, or if she shows up in the Planet Hulk movie or World War Hulk movie, I, I think that, that that would make sense for there to be a big battle i do think for this show though it was a good way to wrap up the season yeah we didn't get our big cgi battle that that we were expecting we wanted to see hulk fight another hulk and get the rematch from hulk and abomination which would have been really fun especially because it's been like this is the first time that we've seen bruce banner on screen with abomination it would have been really fun to see that. But I said this in my review of the season finale just a couple days ago. This wasn't sh- the show for that. And I don't think that it would have it would have distracted from She-Hulk and who She-Hulk was and is. I, I think that what we got instead put this the focus on She-Hulk. I mean, the episode was called Whose Show Is This Anyway? And, or Who's, Whose Show Is This? And I think that what they did was really good for that it was funny i know it didn't hit land very well with certain audiences but i do think that for me it it hit perfectly i i think that the finale was really good now i will say this the only episodes that i really feel were necessary for this whole entire show were the first two and the last two and I feel bad saying that because that's less than half the season. And I would have ranked this a little bit lower, probably below WandaVision. But the only reason that I had it above was just because of the finale. And I think that that, that characterized the, the, the characterization of Jennifer Walter She-Hulk. And yeah, just her character. It really showed like, this is her show. This isn't Hulk's show. This isn't Abomination's show. Yeah, they're in it. Yeah, they're really fun cameos, but this isn't their show. 
And so I feel like it was a statement that was made, and I, I agree with it. I do. And so that's what I think about She-Hulk. Next up, I would say Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was actually one of my favorite shows of uh, the MCU's Disney Plus shows. And the reason for that is just because, first of all, Iman Vellani, her her charisma showed so well. It shone so well in this show. I, I feel like shone, it shined very well in this episode. And I really enjoyed the dynamic between the family and honestly i think that just this should this should have been a comedy show like i wouldn't have minded it if miss marvel was a, a sitcom and we got like the family dynamic and her brother just being a dork it would have been perfect for it but at the same time i did enjoy what we got with it i think that the character and the family dynamics of the show really brought it up to a new level the chemistry between the whole family with Kamala and her parents and Kamala and her brother and, and soon-to-be sister-in-law. I think that was really great for this show. And I'm excited to see these characters show back up in Miss Marvel. and Or not Miss Marvel. In, well, in Miss Marvel Season 2, whenever we get that. But as well as the Marvels. I, I'm really excited to see that whole dynamic and how her family plays a part in it. And to see how Ms. Marvel plays a part in the Marvels. It's it's going to be really interesting and really fun. And I love the cultural aspects of it. Learning about the partition was really fun. I had never learned about that before. I didn't even know that was part of Indian history. Um, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. it. It was great to be able to get a history lesson about something that, hasn't, that I had never learned in, in school and to just get a little bit better understanding of it. I, I thought it was great. I thought they did a very well job of it. Um, I do think that this show, and this may be a controversial or a hot take, but I do think that this show addressed what it's like to be a teen with powers better than the MCU Spider-Man movies did. Because we didn't really see... We, we did see like him dealing with the consequences of his relationships and people finding out that he's spider-man and the whole great power great responsibility was the whole message of a third or of all of the movies together it was a great origin story for spider-man but we didn't really get a good glimpse of who spider-man was as a teenager like being late for class and and having to deal with the consequences of that and yeah i feel like like, this addressed a team with powers better than Spider-Man. And I love that. I love the setup for the Marvels. I do think that this show lacked in in the villain's spot. Mostly because it felt like all the villains were killed off um, really early on. And then the whole boyfriend battle was really awkward. And I, I, I felt like he wasn't really a villain. But I do think that they set up somebody with conflict very well. And I did like that whole... The character dynamic between her and her crush. I can't remember his name. And I loved that they made her a mutant. Even though she doesn't even really understand that she's a mutant yet. And the implications that has. But it's going to be really awesome when those implications actually come to fruition. 
Next up, my number two spot is Werewolf by Night. It was a really fun one-off that provided us a glimpse of what's to come from Marvel as far as their Disney Plus specials go. I I do think that the character of Jack Russoff, um, or Jack Russell, I think they changed, or no, it's Jack Russell. Russoff is his ancestor's name. Um, Jack Russell in the MCU was really fun. I loved Gail's, um, Gail's performance as that character. And I really want to see more of him in the MCU. I don't know when we're going to get the next appearance from him, but I'm really excited for when we do. And same with Elsa Bloodstone, uh, with Laura Donnelly's performance in that. It was really great, and it was really fun. I feel like it it wasn't trying to make a statement with anything. It was just trying to be a fun little one-off and... I want to see a sequel. I didn't want it to be a one-off. I wanted a second episode. I wanted uh, a second special. And we didn't get that, but that's okay, because that's not what it was. And I feel like the casting was great. It felt like a really fun Halloween adventure. I love the black and white aspect of it. it. It made it so we got something a little bit more dark and gritty, while still being a little light and campy. And I really, really enjoyed this show. I, I hope we get more of it. I hope we get more shows like it. It got me very excited for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that we're getting around Christmas time. And then the last and the most favorite show of mine was Loki. I think that this show had way bigger implications than we thought it would. I, I think it was massive for its setup for phases four through six with the whole multiverse starting to break with Doctor Strange and Spider-Man. Um, I almost said into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> and Spider-Man No Way Home. I think that this did a really good job setting up the understanding, the backstory of the multiverse breaking and the implications that are going to come from it with incursions starting to take place. Characters from other universes popping up in our universe i think that this show was really good as far as the setup and it's the one show that felt the most interconnected to other mcu shows without having any direct implications or any direct cameos or big crossovers it it just was really great exposition and that's what this show was it was just an exposition tale with loki as the main star i really enjoyed that i love loki as a character i'm glad we got tom hiddleston in this and that he had his moment to shine in this as this character i loved that it was um it broke the marvel trope with the villain in the last episode even though the villain technically was revealed, he wasn't really a bad guy. And so it was just really fun to get all the Loki variants, to be introduced to Kang and one of his variants, and that wasn't bad, but was just wanting to retire, essentially. And I think that this broke the Marvel formula in the best way that it could have possibly gone. Every episode felt like it went into the next one, it was a great story from beginning to end. I love the dynamic between Loki and Sylvie and the weird chemistry that they had. It was fun, but also really strange. And I really hope that this next season that we're getting next summer, 
really ties into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, as well as um, the Avengers Kang Dynasty. I feel like having Kang show up and be a major player in more than one project is really important and really it, it can really make or break Avengers the Kang Dynasty and it will really help people to understand that show or that movie a little bit better and we won't have to spend as much time with exposition on the villain in that movie and we can get a really good fast-paced movie. I trust Dan Dustin Daniel Cretton with that movie. I think he's going to do a great job directing it and I'm excited to see what comes of it. But as far as the show Loki goes, I think that this is just my favorite just because it was it was weird, it was quirky, it was very space cyberpunk almost in certain elements of it. It was very dysfunctional and I don't know why I loved this show so much, really. It's it's just I don't have any complaints about this show. I loved Jonathan Majors as the variant of King. I loved getting introduced to this character, and I'm excited to see what he brings to the character over the next couple of phases of movies and in shows. And I really am excited for what's to come. What I was going to say about the Disney Plus villains and my biggest gripe with them is that they don't get the character development that I feel like Marvel villains should get. I will say this though, the first like two phases of Marvel villains were not as good as villains that we got like Killmonger and Thanos. I feel like what we got in this was really the first phase of villains and I'm, I'm hopeful and I trust that Marvel will really come to terms with this and understanding that they still need to work on their villains and give them time and character development that they deserve and so i think that down the road we will be getting the good disney plus villains i think that kingpin is going to have his time to shine and will probably have his time to shine in daredevil born again as well as echo and so that's my biggest gripe with the disney plus villains as a whole i do think that it will get better as we go along I think that Jonathan Majors is probably the best villain that we're going to get in the next couple of phases. And before Doctor Doom shows up, probably in Fantastic Four, or his own solo movie for that matter. Anyway, that wraps up my Disney Plus Marvel show rankings. And yes, that was my daughter that you heard just a couple seconds ago. I'm not going to re-record that. And she just wanted to be part of the podcast today. Anyway, that wraps up my, my rankings. Let me know what you think. Let me know your rankings of the MCU Disney Plus shows. And, um, yeah, please interact with us. I'd love to know what you guys think of the MCU shows so far and where you would rank them. That wraps up our shows for today. Um, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, and I believe that's it. And thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and make sure that you're downloading our podcast. We love it when, when you can listen to us offline without using your own data. <laughs> anyway, have a wonderful weekend. And as always, keep watching movies.